the stories about what happened. It's true. Everyone and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast, episode 38. I am your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you decided to join me to talk about our favorite thing in the world yet again, Star Wars. Uh, I'm going to let you guys know off the rip, this probably isn't going to be a very long episode. Uh, there's There wasn't a whole lot in the way of news to really talk about this week, and uh, I, I picked out a few mailbag questions for this, uh, the second half of the show. Uh, but I, there, this is going to be one of those weekends where I've got a lot of other things that I need to get done, uh, things that are a little higher on my priority list as far as around the house. And, you know, you guys know how it goes. Happy wife, happy life. So there's a lot of things uh, that Kirstie's want me to get done around the uh, the house and stuff. And there's, there's several projects I need to work on anyway. Uh, not only that stuff, though, but I'm also going to be working on some ads for the mobile app. Uh, and everything like that, some video ads, some audio ads, things like that. So uh, there's there's a lot of other things that I need to get done. So this isn't going to be a very long episode, uh, but I did want to get an episode out for you guys this week, and I wanted to talk about a couple things. Uh, first off, let's let's talk about the mobile app before we get into the the one news story I have this week. So for those of you who don't know, in a nutshell, I say it every episode. Um, the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app is is upon us. It is almost here. Last week when I recorded this, uh, the, when I recorded last week's episode, uh, I was hoping that for the next episode I'd be able to tell you that it was live, but it's not live just yet. Uh, but we're getting there. It's almost there, and uh, it should be within the next day or two. As a matter of fact, I'm recording this on Thursday. Uh, by the time this goes live on Saturday, it very well may be live. I'm just waiting on an email from Google. Uh, letting me know that it is on the Google Store. <coughs> Excuse me. I will say this also, because uh, I know there's a lot of people wanting to download the app on the App Store for, for Apple. The app will be available on the App Store. It's just going to take a little bit of extra time uh, to to get it on there. Mainly, I have to wait until probably next weekend before I can uh, get the developer account set up and everything like that, and then get it submitted to Apple to have it on the app store. So it'll probably be not next week, but probably the week after before it's on there, but it will be on there. Uh, for some reason, it's, it's a lot harder to get stuff on the Apple app store than it is Google. Uh, and I don't, I don't know why that is, but, uh, it will be available on Google first. It's not, I'm not playing favorites with anybody or anything like that. It's just, that's the way kind of the dice are rolling. And, uh, that's kind of, that's kind of the way things are, are, uh, falling into place. So, uh, please forgive me. Thank you guys for your understanding and your patience. Uh, if you're wanting to download it for Apple, uh, I will get it on there. Like I said, it's just going to be an extra couple weeks. But uh, the mobile app is finished. It's going to be live on Google uh, within this next week. Uh, and, 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 I'm, and I'm very, very excited for it. There are a couple of things that I want to tweak on it, uh, but I have to wait until because now it's been submitted to Google. So I have to wait until it goes onto the store before I can make some of these changes because it's in review right now. So when the app launches, uh, that will be, you know, when, when you guys download it for the first time, uh, 
just know there there are a couple of little changes coming to it uh, in, in an update. And, you know, I've been getting some really good suggestions for future updates for the app. And, and one of them in particular that I wanted to address that I am going to end up doing, but it's going to take some time to implement. I received uh, a uh, suggestion from somebody about putting video reviews for all the comics and all the novels and everything on their respective pages so that people can watch the review. You know, if, if you go to a page for a novel, let's say you go to A New Dawn, and you want to know kind of what, you know, maybe what my thoughts were on the book a little bit, there'll be a video there uh, exclusively for the app. You won't be able to find it on YouTube or anything, but it'll be exclusively for the app, a review of that book. Uh, and I really do want to sit down and do something like that. I think it's one of those things where I would have to sit down and make it an actual series of videos all in the same format and, and just go through the novels one by one by one by one. And, you know, every time a new one comes out, actually, before I even put it on the app, have a review ready to go for it. You know, maybe not necessarily a review ready to go the day of, but I mean, within the next week or two after it comes out, yeah, I'll put a review on there. And I think that's something that I think that'd be a great idea. You know, I really do. Now, remember, it would just be my opinion. You know, what I say isn't, you know, Bible gold. It's just my opinion, you know. And, and I, But I think it would be very productive to put something like that on the app. So I think I'm going to implement that. There will be a big update coming on the app within the first six months to a year. And I'm hoping that that will be uh, part of that up that, that uh, update. So uh, I wanted to throw that out there as well. And then also with the update that's going to be coming, that particular update, I'm hoping to put a merchandise store on there as well. Uh, and maybe, you know, put some t-shirts, some keychains, just some, some stuff like that. Because Kirsty and I have been talking about uh, this coming tax season here in the U.S. Because I know I, I just found out there's a lot of people around the world that listen to this, this podcast. Here in the U.S. for our tax season, uh, we're going to be purchasing a piece of machinery uh, that we can etch logos and pictures and stuff like that on a whole. I mean, just, just all kinds of things. Uh, so we're going to be putting together a uh, a little bit of a merchandise store to also put on there as well. Now, there is something I want to put out. Uh, and, and, you know, it, with, with the podcasting world, I know the Star Wars canon podcast isn't one of the biggest Star Wars podcasts out there. It's not a Rebel Force Radio. It's, you know, it's it's not that big. And, and that's fine with me. That's, that's not, that doesn't bother me. Uh, because I would rather have a very few good followers and people who, uh, who, who accept other people's opinions without putting them down. I'd rather have a few good followers than a, than a, you know, a million toxic followers, if you get what I'm saying. So, uh, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is eventually, if, if you are listening to this podcast and you're a podcast host yourself, or if you have your own Star Wars podcast or anything like that, I'm eventually wanting to put on more Star Wars podcasts on this mobile app. Uh, I don't want it to just be exclusively the Star Wars canon podcast, because uh, it's not just my opinion that's being put out there. There's a lot of people putting their opinions out there, and a lot of people's opinions differ, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's a good idea for people who have this app to hear different viewpoints on on maybe some of the same subjects from different people and whatnot. And I think that's a great idea. So if by chance you're a podcaster yourself and you want to have your podcast be a part of the Star Wars Canon mobile, uh, library mobile app, shoot me an email and let me know. We'll work out some some details and, and we'll we'll get your podcast on the mobile app as well. Uh, and, and obviously that has a lot to do with the success of the mobile app as well. Uh, cause I was looking around on Facebook 
and oh, I forgot to silence my phone. Uh, there, uh, I've been looking around on Facebook, and I've seen some comments about some other Canon mobile apps that were made that just nobody updates anymore. I guess they made the app and then it, you know, fell into I don't want to say uh, disrepair, but that's basically what it is. It was never updated, and 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 I don't know if they got bored with it or if they couldn't afford to keep it going or what, but. Uh, that th those apps have kind of fallen off the, the map a little bit and have never been updated. And I'm hoping to update this one every week. So hopefully this app will be something that is great for Star Wars fans. And I think it'd be a great tool for them. I even sent uh, the, the, I made a, I made an ad uh, for uh, the podcast and I sent it out to a whole bunch of Star Wars authors. And I've received responses back from several of them saying, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to do this. A couple of them have said, well, you know, I, I don't know if I can sanction anything that's unlicensed, which I completely understand. I totally get that. Um, I, I know John Jackson Miller, I sent it to him and he said that he didn't, or he wasn't able to, uh, to put anything out that was unsanctioned, unlicensed, you know what I mean? Uh, but there were several others that I got word back saying that they'd love to. So, I'm hoping that this thing blows up and I'm hoping this thing becomes something that a lot of Star Wars fans look at and say, we need this. This is something that, you know, that, that we should have been, that we should have had a long time ago. So, uh, the Star Wars mobile app is coming very, very soon, guys. It's hopefully now, I, I know I said it last week, hopefully now next week when I do the episode, I'll be able to tell you guys that it's live and I'll have a link to it in the description of the podcast. So, uh, with all that out of the way, let's get into the one news story that I had for this week. And it's really, I mean, it's not really that big of one uh, as far as I'm concerned, but you know, people out there like different things. And, and, and there are people who like this certain book series uh, that I'm not a big fan of so far. Uh, basically the story is alphabet squadron victory's price has been announced. It is the third book in this alphabet squadron trilogy. They've announced that its release date is March 2nd. That's like six months away. Uh, I'm in the middle of the second book right now, so I shouldn't even say in the middle of it. I'm like four chapters into the second book. I wasn't a huge fan of the first one, and I know there are people out there that were, that that really, really did like the first book, and, and that, that's great. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, I wasn't a huge fan of the first book. So far for the second one, like I said, I'm only three or four chapters in, but I'm enjoying the second one a little bit more than I was the first one chapter for chapter so far. So I'm anxious to see where... This book is going to go the second one, and I'm anxious to see where this trilogy is going to end up in the long run with this third book. Uh, the synopsis for Alphabet Squadron Victor uh, Victory's Price uh, goes as follows. It says, in the wake of Erica Quell's shocking decision, which obviously we don't know what that is yet, or I don't know what that is yet, and one of the fiercest battles of, the, of their lives, the remnants of Alphabet Squadron seek answers and closure across a galaxy whose old war scars are threatening to uh, reopen. Soren Keys has returned to the tip of Shadowing's Spear Operation Center, the terrifying protocol of planetary extermination, which began in the twilight of the Imperial era, burns throughout the galaxy. Shadowing is no longer wounded prey, fleeing the hunters of the New Republic. With its leader, its, uh, its strength has returned, and its Star Destroyers and TIE Squadrons lurk in the darkness between stars, carrying out the Fallen Emperor's final uh, edict of destruction, as well as another stranger mission, one keys his champion not for the dying empire, but for its loyal soldiers. Alphabet Squadron ships are as ramshackle and damaged as their spirits, but they're always but but they've always had each other. Now, as they face the might of Keys's reborn juggernaut, they aren't even sure they have that. How do you catch a shadow? How do you kill it? 
And when you're finally victorious, who pays the price? So uh, this really isn't spoilers for the second book. They, I mean, Del Rey put this description out now. And, and you know, honestly, this, the second book has been out for a while. So it, it's given people a chance to read it and kind of figure out what's going on. For me personally, I haven't read the... I haven't finished the second book. So some of this stuff, I'm, I'm kind of wondering what's going on. And maybe some of this will be in a little bit better of a context once I finish Shadowfall. Uh, but this book is set for March 2nd. And so far, as far like I said, as far as I am into the second book, I'm excited for the third. And, and, and to be completely honest, I'll say this too. There's a part of me that is excited for this book. And then the other part of me sits there and says, oh, thank God this is almost over. Excuse me. Thank God this trilogy's almost over. Uh, and 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 I and I made the joke to Kirsty the other day. You know, this book comes out in six months, so a year from now I'll finish the Alphabet Squadron trilogy. Uh, it was just a little inside joke I made to her. Like I said, I wasn't a big fan of the first book. So uh, if you guys are a fan of the Alphabet Squadron series, uh, this is good news to you. There's another one coming very very soon. They're pumping them out pretty quick now. Uh, and so you have something to look forward to. And as soon as the mobile app comes out, I'll get a page made for it and get it on the upcoming canon list uh, so you guys can get a little more information on that. So, guys, that's the only news story that I've had so far for this week. That's that's the only one. So uh, before we get into mailbag questions, you guys know every week I do try to focus on one piece of canon material uh, and, and, and kind of give a little bit of a, of a review for it. And I thought that I had already given a review for this piece of canon material. And maybe I have, but I, for some reason, couldn't find it on the YouTube channel anywhere. So I figured, why not? Let's just go ahead and sit down and do this. So if you guys haven't noticed the pattern, I guess you could say, of what pieces of canon material I'm picking, I'm starting at the beginning of the timeline with novels and just going through them at this point. Uh, last week, we talked about Queen's Peril, and I thought it was only appropriate that the next book we were going to talk about this week would be Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnston. Now, Queen's Shadow came out before Queen's Peril. Peril was a prequel to this one. Uh, but Queen's Shadow for me was a pleasant surprise because there hasn't been a lot of Padme stuff in the new canon. She's only popped up a little bit, you know, outside of Clone Wars. She's only popped up a couple of times and uh, in, in some of the other canon. Sure, she's had an, a, a comic issue here and there, like the Age of Republic comic and, and whatnot like that. But really, she's only popped up in... I think the Thrawn Alliances novel, she kind of was forefront there. But other than that, there really hasn't been a lot of Padme stuff. So Queen's Shadow for me, I was just like, mm, you know, I wanted more Padme stuff. But I wasn't entirely excited about this story before it came out. And upon reading it, it was a pleasant surprise. I absolutely loved Queen's Shadow. The story of Queen's Shadow uh, takes place between episodes one and two. And it's the story of Padme. Uh, her, her term as queen has run up, and there's a new queen being elected. And we know from episode two she told Anakin, you know, that the, the new queen asked her to stay on as senator. And that's basically what this story is, is her kind of transition from being queen to being senator and still keeping her, sam, uh, her same handmaidens around, uh, uh, Sabe, uh, to be more specific, uh, and, and, and honestly, she is the Queen's Shadow, Sabe, uh, played by Kira Knightley in episode one. Uh, that's, this, this story is basically her relationship with her handmaidens as the, she's becoming senator and kind of doing that transition. And there's a lot of parts in that book that I really, really enjoyed. There, there are a couple parts I laughed out loud because 
you know, Padme and her handmaidens were still switching places and and cuz you know they all look like they were switching places and testing it on certain people and seeing if they could get away with it and stuff like that. And I really really enjoyed it. It gave a lot of insight into kind of the way the handmaidens worked together and brought each individual skill to the table to make protecting Padme easier for all of them. Uh, whether that be making headdresses lighter or dresses that she could escape out of quickly, which hearing myself say it, it doesn't seem like it would be that interesting, but the way it was written was absolutely awesome, and I loved it. And I had a lot of fun with Queen Shadow. I will give you this. Not a lot, I don't want to say not a lot happens in the book, because a lot happens in the book, but nothing really exciting happens in the book, to be completely honest. A lot of it is political, uh, a lot of it is a lot of it is focused around Padme and their relationship with Sabe and, and and moving forward. But it was still a great read. I had a lot of fun with it. I actually enjoyed Queen's Shadow a lot more than I did Queen's Peril. Uh, for those of you who watched last week's episode where I talked about Queen's Peril a little bit, the first two thirds of the book was its own story and and kind of the other end of the spectrum, if you would, from where this story takes place. You know, Queen's Peril was the beginning of her. Uh, uh, of her terms as queen. And then it kind of bumped into episode one and it, and it kind of got watered down a little bit. So Queen's Shadow to me, I think is superior to Queen's Peril, but I really, really enjoyed Queen's Shadow quite a bit. If you're big into Padme and you want another Padme story, this is a great one for you. And like I said, this is a pleasant surprise. I didn't think this book was going to be that great uh, as, as far as I was concerned. Uh, but it's definitely one I think you guys need to check out. And, and, and like I said, I laughed a lot during it. There was a couple parts where, I mean, one part in particular, I'm not going to say who it was. Uh, one senator comes face to face with Padme in this book while her and Sabe have kind of switched places. And the reaction is absolutely hilarious. And and the way this senator finds out what's going on is absolutely great. And, and I, I actually laughed really hard when I was reading the book. So uh, go check out Queen's Shadow. It's a lot of fun to read, guys. You're really going to enjoy that book. I promise you. Like I said, it was a pleasant surprise for me. Hopefully it's a pleasant surprise for you as well. All right, guys, that'll do it for Canon Spotlight. Let's get into mailbag questions. I've got three questions picked out for this week. Like I said, it wasn't going to be a very long episode. Uh, but I've got three questions picked out this week. How do you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon podcast? You can email it to me at Star Wars Canon Library. I'm, I'm sorry, Star Wars Canon Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can send me a voice message on the Anchor app if you're listening on that platform. Or once the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app is live, you will be able to send a question through there as well. There will be a tab under. Star Wars Canon Podcast that says social media, you can click on that and there'll be a submit a mailback question icon there and click on it. It takes you straight to an email uh, that you can just type in your question and send it and it's on its way. So uh, be looking for that as well. So like I said, I've got three questions this week. Before I say the name of this first person, please forgive me because I am no good with names. Uh, like, like I said earlier, I, I've, I've realized there's a lot more people around the world that listen to this podcast than I thought, and and some of the more foreign names, I guess to me, foreign to me anyway, uh, some of them are harder for me to pronounce, and, and I'm not as up on stuff like that as I should be. So if I butcher your name, I am truly, truly sorry. I don't mean any offense by it. Uh, it's just I, I have no idea how to pronounce somebody's name sometimes. <coughs> Excuse me. And this is one of those times, so please forgive me. I, I'm awful sorry. The first question this week comes from Tahid Chandri, I think is how you say your name. 
Uh, and Tahid says, hey, Brian, big fan of the podcast. Keep up the great work. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Uh, I recently rewatched the Umbara arc and really loved the end of the last episode with Fives and Rex contemplating what they'll do after the war is over. It got me thinking, would you be interested in a novel pre-attack of the clones with a focus on the clones as they're growing up? They're soldiers bred for a war that to them doesn't exist yet. What does that do to their mind knowing that it only exists to fight a manufactured and seemingly meaningless war? Thanks for the question. And it's a great question. I've never thought about this before. I, I, because you're right. The the Umbara arc for Clone Wars was one of the greatest arcs in that entire series, and it really did delve into kind of the psyche of the clones a little bit, talking about something like that. And yeah, I would love to have a novel that kind of discussed that a little bit and 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 kind of explored that psyche a little bit more. You could do so much character development. You could have Rex. You know, as a younger clone and fives and and all these other clones kind of as recruit, I don't want to say as recruits, but as uh, cadets and and kind of learning the ropes a little bit and, and, and whatnot. But yeah, as far as from the clones point of view, you're, you're right, because the clones were manufactured and, 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 you know, by the time they're fully grown, they had the growth acceleration. They were, you know, half as old as what they looked. By the time they, during that time, yeah, you've got to have them sitting around going, so why are we soldiers? There's no war right now. What's, what's going on? You know what I mean? And, and how do you tell a clone that's been manufactured for the sole purpose of fighting in a war that is going to end up being manufactured? How do you justify saying, oh yeah, you're a clone, you're, you're part of an army that's going to fight a war here in a little, you know, in the next several years? That nobody knows is coming yet. Well, how do you know it's coming? You know what I mean? So there's there's a lot to that that you could have great character interactions with, great character development. It'd be a great reason to bring back, you know, Rex and Fives, Echo, all these other clones. It'd be a great re a great reason to bring them all back. You could explore maybe the background of even the Bad Batch a little bit. You know what I mean? Or you know, of ninety nine. Everybody loves ninety nine. You, I mean, there's so much you could do with a story like that, and and. You could do some little nods to things here and there. You could talk about the inhibitor, uh, the inhibitor chips a little more. Maybe give a little bit more history on those, a little more background, a little more info on those. You, I mean, you could really delve into something like that. So yeah, I'd love to see something like that. I've never thought about that before. Uh, and yeah, that'd be a, that'd be a lot of fun to read, I think. And we really don't have a lot. Of, actually, we don't have any novels centered around clones at all. And it's something that I think would really there's there's a sect of fans out there that I know are huge on clones and this is something that I think would really be cool for them and we're getting a lot more Clone Wars stories now with uh, the Star Wars Adventures Clone Wars Battle Tales we're getting that five issue run that takes place before the Clone Wars series picks up uh, you know and, and now we're getting some of these short stories that are that are coming out these anthologies that are Clone Wars stories sure give us a novel talking about some of their opinions on the war and stuff like that because even though they're bred for war and I don't want to say they're brainwashed, but they're kind of programmed to just fight. Why couldn't you? I mean, growing up, when you reach a certain age, you start to question everything around you. As a human being, when you reach, you know, nine, ten years old, you think you're smarter than your parents. You think you know everything. And these clones would be no different. They would grow up thinking, you know, well, why, why is all this happening? Yeah, I think it'd be a great idea. I would absolutely love something like that. That's a great question, man. Thanks for sending it in. Uh, and it got me thinking about 
that. I, I Like I said, I never thought of it before. So thanks for the question, man. I do appreciate it. Uh, question number two this week comes from Grady Warren. And Grady says, Brian, so glad to have you back on the mic after your break. I'm so excited for your mobile app and look forward to downloading it and purchasing the timeline. You do so much work for next to nothing, and you deserve to have this app be as successful as possible. Well done. Thank you so much, Grim, for the kind words. I do appreciate it. Uh, my question is, have you seen the reordering of the Star Wars titles? Would love to hear your thoughts. May the Force be with you. Uh, thanks for the question, Grady. Yeah, so this came out, I think, last week. I, and I, I, I'd seen it before last week's episode, but I, I, didn't want, I didn't bring it up or anything. There was so much other stuff to talk about. Uh, and I'm glad you brought this up because, yeah, this is interesting. So, like, a week and a half ago, it came out that a fan had sat down and figured out a way to rearrange the Star Wars titles from the episodes, from the films, to where they made a lot more sense compared to what they are now. And some of them are awesome. A lot of this makes a lot of... There's one that I'm like, eh, maybe it won't make a lot of sense, but I can see why, you know, it, where, why it fell where it did. Um, but it, it, it's a lot of... And I, I've got them here, so... Uh, this guy rearranged the titles around so that episode one is called The Rise of Skywalker. Since this is the introduction of Anakin Skywalker on Tatooine and everything like that, The Rise of Skywalker is episode one. Episode two would be Revenge of the Sith, which is when the war kicks off and everything like that. Episode three is Attack of the Clones. I'm assuming referring to the clones attacking the Jedi and turning on them and, and Order 66. Episode four, Return of the Jedi makes all the sense in the world. Since Obi-Wan comes back and, you know, he leaves Tatooine with Luke and Han and the droids and Chewie, you know, he comes back to fight Vader again. You've got Luke who is starting his Jedi training now when he finally tells Obi-Wan, I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. That's the return of the Jedi. It's absolutely awesome that that fits as well as it does. Episode 5, The Force Awakens, referring to Luke, I'm assuming, since his powers have really kind of... I don't want to say his powers, but his abilities have really kind of come to the forefront. And, and, you know, he's gotten some training in between episodes four and five. Not a lot by any means, but he's gotten a little bit there that, you know, he's he's starting to feel it more. He's a lot more confident than he was in episode four and whatnot. So the Force is awakening in him. And it makes a lot of sense. Episode six, The Last Jedi, which would still refer to Luke, even after episode uh, eight referred to Luke. This one would still refer to Luke, him being the last Jedi in the galaxy, which... We know isn't actually true now from from, you know, Ahsoka being well, I mean, even though Ahsoka said she's no Jedi, but still there's there's other Jedi out there as far as, you know, Ezra. He's out there somewhere. We know that. But still, the last Jedi makes a lot of sense for episode six. Episode seven is the one where I look at it and I'm not entirely sure if it matches really well. And, and they had episode seven, The Empire Strikes Back. I get why it makes sense. I get and it really does. It, it totally makes sense. Especially now after seeing episode 9, knowing that the First Order was kind of an extension of the Empire after the fall of the Empire, if you get what I'm saying. Now that we know Palpatine was alive the whole time, and the First Order was there to avenge the Empire, basically, and was a new sect of it, a new a new version of it, if you would. So the Empire Strikes Back for episode 7 makes a lot of sense. You know, since the First Order is coming back to the—it's coming out into the forefront of the galaxy. It's taking over systems. It's striking fear into its citizens, stuff like that. So it, it makes total sense. Episode 8, A New Hope. This one's a little rocky, too, now that I think about it, because Episode 8 did end on a very dark note, whether you liked it or not. It ended on a dark note where you had all these resistance fighters at the beginning of it. You had a fleet. You had a base. And then you're narrowed down to a dozen and a half people. 
on the Millennium Falcon at the end of Episode Eight. You go into that movie with the title A New Hope, and you know it's going to end on a decently, or at least you think it's going to end on a decently hopeful note. And in a way, it kind of does, but at the same time, Episode Eight ends with the decimation of the Resistance, and you have no idea how they're going to move forward from there, how they're going to rebuild or anything like that. So, <coughs> excuse me, I get where it makes sense, and honestly, I, I I see it. I just I feel like it takes away from a little bit of the film, seeing how dark Episode Eight actually ended up being toward the end of it, and 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 kind of where the gal the state of the galaxy at the end of that film. And then episode nine, they went with the Phantom Menace, talking about Palpatine and how nobody knew where he was, and he just kind of came out of nowhere again. Like, You're still alive, you know. It, it it makes a lot of sense. It calling it the Phantom Menace. Whoever sat down and figured this out and and realized that these titles were mixed up, I mean, quote unquote, mixed up. Hats off to you. That's awesome. Like that, that's really cool how they actually still kind of make sense that way. And I after I saw your your mailbag question, Grady. Uh, I, I went to look to see what the order of them was. And there's a lot of people talking about how that's, they prefer it that way, you know? And I know there's uh, people watch the films in weird orders now, like the machete order and stuff like that. And now you've got the titles all kind of mixed up. I think it, I think it's kind of cool, honestly. And, uh, give it, give it a month and you're going to be able to find, uh, sleeves that you can print off for your Blu-rays or for your DVDs with the titles all mixed up and whatnot that you can put on your own DVD cases or Blu-ray cases. I guarantee it's going to happen. But uh, honestly, I think it's kind of cool. I think it's cool that you can that they still work like that and in that way. And I, it's it's very very interesting and, and and it really shows. Look, you have to be a very passionate Star Wars fan to be able to sit down and realize that these all line up in a different way. And 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 it says a lot about. Who the the fan that came up with this? It says a lot about his fandom, that he cares about the movies enough to actually look at these titles. You know what I mean, and and kind of look at a different way of to making each one work. You get what I'm saying? So I I think it's absolutely cool. I'm glad you sent in the question uh, because that's it's it's a lot of fun to read about, and it's it's really because I read these to Kirsty, and she was like, "Those make total sense." I said, "Yeah, right." I mean, they really do, and it's crazy how they actually still work that way. So. Uh, it's kind of mind-blowing. Thanks for sending the question, man. I appreciate it. Uh, and the final question this week, this is kind of a big one, honestly, uh, is from Katie Hunt. And Katie says, Hey, Brian, I'd love to hear your thoughts on what happened with J.J.'s vision for the sequel trilogy. I know you've said for a while you don't believe Disney had a plan, but do you think J.J. did? Also, how do you think the sequel trilogy would have fared having J.J. behind the reins for the entire project? I'm looking forward to your answers and most definitely looking forward to your mobile app. I'll do everything I can to spread the word here in Australia. Thanks for the question, Katie. And thank you for, for being excited about the mobile app. Thank you for spreading the word. I appreciate it. Uh, so, yeah, there, for the longest time, and, and I'm not the only one, there's, there's a lot of people online talking about how they don't believe that Disney ever had a plan for this trilogy moving forward. And I know there's people out there that want to defend that and and you know and they and they reach for straws saying you know showing oh there was a plan we have concept art from 2017 of palpatine well it should have been from 2012 if there was a plan the concept art for palpatine should have been from 2012 not 2017 two years after the first film came out so i i don't believe there was a, a plan as far as disney was concerned at all but you bring up an interesting aspect to this to this question and that's the whole jj abrams thing did JJ have a plan? And I'm I'm look, anybody who's listened to the podcast knows that I'm not a fan of the sequel trilogy. 
Uh, I was up until Rise of Skywalker come out, and then it just kind of blew it all to hell for me. But did J.J. have a plan going forward? I'm, I, I think he did. I think he had an idea of what he wanted to do with the trilogy and, and where kind of an idea of where it was going to end up going, even though he was only directing the first film. I feel like he had an idea of where he wanted it to end up at. And he, hell, he might have even told, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, this is where I wanted to end up at. And she might have even been like, well, we'll just see where it goes. You know, you go ahead and make your movie and we'll see where it goes. So did J.J. have a plan? I think maybe he might have. Because there's a... I, J.J., when he came back for episode 9, he tried his best. And and one of the problems with episode 9 was I think they tried to fit too much into it at once. It, it, he was trying to fit two movies into one. And and he was trying to rush it. And episode 9 felt very rushed as far as I was concerned. That's just my opinion. If you guys liked episode 9, awesome. I'm glad you liked it. I'm jealous. I'm glad. I wish I had liked it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. And you're not stupid for liking it either. That's not what I'm getting at. I just... Me, personally, I wasn't a fan of it. But I feel like he tried to squeeze too much into episode 9. And had he been the ones behind the reins, like you said, for the entire trilogy, I think the trilogy would have ended up a lot differently. I really, really do. You know, he I feel like he did have an idea of where he wanted it to go with episode 7. And as much as I did like episode eight when it came out, I was one of those guys, lynch me if you want, I'm, 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 I don't care. I was one of the guys that did like episode eight when it came out. And as much as I liked it, even I have to admit, it threw a wrench at everybody. And I think because of JJ's ideas of where he wanted to go, I think he looked at episode eight and went, hmm, well, crap. Because episode nine was a lot of damage control. Episode nine was a lot of damage control. I don't want to say retconning a lot of people talk about how episode 9 retconned episode 8 it really didn't uh it, it didn't retcon any of it you know when you talk about luke catching the lightsaber in episode 9 saying you know that's no way to treat a jedi's weapon after he threw away the one in episode 8 that's not retconning that's not him that's not changing his you know his outlook in episode 8 and saying that that never happened it's just you know luke had a lot happened to luke after he threw that lightsaber there, a lot happened to him between when he threw the lightsaber and when he popped up in episode 9 to tell Rey what was going on and to, and to give her encouragement. A lot happened to him. He went through debates with Rey. You know, every time he tried telling her that, you know, this is why the Jedi have to die, and Rey's like, you know, when, when Luke says something along the lines of, you know, Vader was the reason that the Jedi ended up falling to their own hubris, and it was a Jedi that trained Vader, you know, Ray pops back, well, it was also a Jedi that turned him back to the light side and saved everything, you, you know, and you see the look on Luke's face, the, oh, you know, like, he he realized she had a point, and whether it be his debates with Ray or, you know, him connecting with Leia again through the Force, because, you know, he, he when he was going to find Ray in Episode Eight after reconnecting the Force, he was going with her, he was going to find her to go with her, to go fight, so that was an eye-opener for him. And then when he ended up staying on the island, he still came back and fought Kylo, not physically, but through the Force, you know, we know how that ended. He still fought Kylo. He still came back and fought, and then he, you know, becomes one with the Force. And I'm sure once he became one with the Force, he even, you know, he communed with with Yoda and Obi-Wan and, and, and Anakin, you know, and, and once you're on that side of the spiritual plane, you know, you maybe see things in a different light and you start to see, oh, so that's why, the, you know, you get what I'm saying? You're more enlightened as to what's going on in the world around you. 
You know, even his lessons with Luke or with uh, Yoda when he's trying to burn the Force tree down. You know, when when Yoda tells him, "I told you to pass on what you learned," you know, and all this. Uh, there were lessons there that Yoda gave Luke just in that one little scene that really changed Luke's perspective of a lot of things. And I think it's part of the reason he decided to come back and fight Kylo in Episode Eight. So there was no retconning between episodes nine and 10. So by the time you see, or I'm sorry, nine and eight. So by the time you see Luke in, in episode nine and he catches that saber, he knows everything. Now he's part of the force. He sees everything that's going on in the galaxy at the same time. He's wiser. Now, once you're part of the force, you, I mean, you, you're basically all powerful and you know, everything you have a different perspective on things from a certain point of view. They push the, the point of view thing a lot in star Wars. So from Luke's point of view, yeah, his opinion changed a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with opinions changing, you know? And, and even Luke tells Ray, you know, I was wrong for coming here. You know, I was wrong for just abandoning everybody. He says that I was wrong. It doesn't say that it never happened. It just, it shows Luke, it was a learning lesson for Luke. So there was no retconning between episodes eight and nine. There, it just wasn't there. But when JJ tried to make episode nine, I feel like he tried to damage control everything as far as the fans were concerned. And, you know, they, they even talked about the Haldo maneuver, and he's like, that was a one-in-a-million thing. When it really wasn't, all you do is point a ship at a Star Destroyer and, and, and activate the hyperdrive. That's not a one-in-a-million shot, you know? So there, there were things that I think he tried to fix that didn't need fixing, and I don't think he did things that he needed to do when it came to 9. And, and I think it was because he was his hands were so tied because of what had already happened with Episode eight. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sitting here defending some of Episode 8, but at the same time, Episode 8 was part of the reason. That was the monkey wrench that got thrown in to J.J.'s ideas, and then he had to turn around and try to fix everything. So had J.J. been in charge of everything, had he been... I don't want to say directed all three films, because I don't, I don't like seeing directors direct more than two in a row, because it's easy to get burned out. Uh, I, I think he should have basically been the Kevin Feige of this new trilogy... For just this trilogy, not the standalone films, but just the trilogy, 7, 8, and 9. I think he should have been the one behind the scenes, working on everything, making sure everything connected, making sure a plan was being stuck to. And I do think, had he been at that position, behind everything, and making sure everything matched up, I think the sequel trilogy would have fared a lot better. I really do. I think it would have been more cohesive. I think we could have actually referred to it as a trilogy because I don't I don't refer to it as a trilogy. I, it's just three standalone movies that had nothing to do with the one before. I, I I think it would have actually felt like a trilogy. And I think, you know, had J.J. done seven and eight and then they would have stuck with Colin Trevorrow for nine. I think we could have had a, a great sequel trilogy. I really do. If you sit down and read everything that Colin Trevorrow came up with. For episode 9, I think it would have really been great. And I, honestly, when I look at the concept art for Duel of the Fates, which was the title for episode 9, or, or Colin Trevorrow's episode 9, for those of you that don't know. When you look at the concept art for Duel of the Fates, you really get this Legends vibe, this, this Star Wars EU Legends vibe. Seeing Coruscant again, you know, but with these classic trilogy characters and, and whatnot, you really do get that vibe. But with some of the Disney era characters and situations and, and, and factions thrown into it, I thought it was a great mix. Just seeing the concept art, let alone reading the thing. You sit down and read it, it's a great, great idea for, for a, a Star Wars film. Especially the culmination of nine uh, of a nine-film Skywalker saga. 
So had J.J. been in charge of all of it from beginning to end, I think it would have been a great trilogy. I really do. And, you know, had one of the biggest things I think the trilogy had a problem with, too. Instead of showing us Broom Kid, as everybody calls him at the end of Episode 8, that was the moment they should have started teasing Palpatine. That was the moment, you know, as soon as you see the Falcon take off into hyperspace when Leia says, we have everything we need. And it takes off into hyperspace. Instead of going back to Canto Bight to see this broom kid use the force to pull a broom to him and sweep a little bit and, and watch the Falcon go into hyperspace, I'm assuming that's what that was, in the sky, instead of cutting to that, it should have cut, cut to Exegol. Not said, you shouldn't have named the, the, the planet at all. You shouldn't even have said what the name of the planet was. You shouldn't have called it Exegol. You should have just shown the planet, zoomed in on it, shown the, the big citadel that he was in, and and had a scene, you know, kind of show some of the ambience of the of the place and some dark music and 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 whatnot, and and finally just revealing that the emperor was still alive. That should have been in episode eight, and you know, n- no context. Don't have you shouldn't have given any context. Show him hooked up to the machines, yes, but show that he was attached to this giant arm coming down, and that he had people working around him. And even show the tank full of the Snoke clones. You could have even shown that at the end of episode 8. And, you know, that would have... I mean, there were two years before before each of those films. Had you ended episode 8 on a note like that? Showing that Palpatine was still alive and that he was disfigured. and that, But he was still alive. And that there were tanks of Snokes. You know, I'm not going to sit here and try to write the dialogue for the scene or anything like that. But, you know, show a scene along those lines. Then you had to wait two years to find out what the hell was going on. That would have made, honestly, that would have connected those, the three films as far as I was concerned. Just a scene like that would have connected those three films. Uh, and, and it just, it would have given you something. You would have known at that point. It would have shown that Disney, quote unquote, did have a plan. That they knew where they were going with episode nine. It would have shown confidence in their trilogy. Knowing, hey, this is our plan. We hope you guys like it. This is where we're going with it. It would have shown that. And it would have given everybody something to talk about for two years going, how the hell is Palpatine still alive then? Oh my God, is this really how? So what was Snoke then and all this other stuff? And I really think it would have connected the films a lot better. I just feel like the breaking point between the films, especially between eight and nine, just it was it was in a weird wonky place to where it didn't feel like that they were all in the same, I don't want to say in the same timeline, but in the same vein of a trilogy, if you would. So, had, like I said, had J.J. been in charge of it, I think it would have been a lot different. Um, and like I said, I think it would have made a lot more sense. I think it wouldn't have split the fan base as badly as Last Jedi did. Because whether you liked Last Jedi or not, it it, it did split the fan base. And, you know, it, it kind of really showed the... What's the word I want to use? Uh, it really showed the ugly side, the dark side, if you would, of the fandom. And it really kind of put us in a bad light for a while as Star Wars fans. You know what I mean? So, uh, and I think it would have given uh, Star Wars fans in general a bigger faith in what Disney was doing with with uh, with the new stuff, with the new films, with the Disney era stuff that we're getting. And the new canon. I think it would have really given a lot of people a bigger appreciation for what Disney was trying to do. And it all, I mean, it was... All down to a two-minute scene. You could have done it in two minutes, three tops, and that's all it would have taken. So that's just my opinion. You guys may agree with me. You may disagree with me. Let me know in the comments of this podcast. I would sure like to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Thank you for sending in the question, Katie. 
Uh, and, and thank you again for, for spreading the word on the mobile app uh, in Australia. So, guys, before I end this episode, I want to let you guys know I'm recording this on Thursday of this week. This will air on Saturday. And because the podcast is not live anymore, I really, really wanted the podcast to be live. But I, I just I, I'm, I was having trouble with the computer and stuff like that. I just don't think I'm going to be able to do a really long uh, podcast live. I don't think I'm going to be able to just yet. I mean, somewhere down the line, maybe. But because I can't do it live, and I love talking to you guys live, and, and a lot of the comments I get, you know, I, I, I do my best. The reason I do all of this is to talk to other people about Star Wars. I don't just want to put my opinion out there. And if you like it, you like it. If not, you don't. I want to talk to people about Star Wars. I want to engage with other fans. I want to debate. I want to. I want to find out. You know what, what you guys love about Star Wars, and and in turn, I want to tell you guys what I what I love about Star Wars. That's what I try to do. I try to bring positivity to the fandom because there's a lot of negativity out there. I try my best to bring some positivity to it, and I love interacting with you guys. And a lot of people have told me that they really appreciate the fact that I do make it a point to get into the live chat, not just super chats, but that I do get into the live chat and interact with you guys. And because I can't do that on the podcast now, I, w I still want to be able to do that. So uh, starting this weekend, so if this is airing on Saturday for you guys, it'll be tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on, on the Star Wars Canon Podcast Facebook page. Uh, I will be doing a live Q&A weekly on Sunday nights. And, and I it's... I wanted to do Sunday nights because, you know, at first I thought about doing it on Friday. But if I record the podcast on Thursday and give my thoughts on a bunch of stuff, and then on Friday I do a live Q&A and everybody asks about all the news stuff and I give my opinion on it, then on Saturday the podcast comes out. Nobody's going to watch it because they've already heard it. So basically I want to do the live Q&A on Sunday nights after the podcast airs, basically so that you guys can give me your feedback on maybe some of the things I talked about. Maybe give your opinion, whether you agree with me or disagree with me. Let me know, you know, and, and this is why and, and, and whatnot. So I want to do it on Sunday night and, and, and make it kind of a, a live after show, I guess you could say, of the podcast. And we can talk about what I talked about on the podcast. We can talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, uh, whether you guys have questions for canon or whatnot. Like, I just shoot them my way. And we can talk about stuff other than Star Wars if you really want. Whatever you guys want to talk about, send it my way and, we're, and, 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 and we'll, uh, we'll talk about it at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live. So I'm really looking forward to that. And like I said, it's going to be a weekly thing from now on. So And and as far as the, the mobile app goes, I'm going to update the mobile app on Sundays. So I'll be able to get that all done, turn around, do a live Q&A, and we can even talk about some of the stuff that's live on the mobile app. And what's cool about the app also, I know I keep pushing this mobile app, but uh, and, and what it can do, I, I feel like I need to. One of the cool things about this mobile app that I've integrated into it, and, I, and honestly, it was by accident. I didn't mean for this to happen, but then when I started looking at it, I was like, holy crap, it does this. This is awesome. I didn't realize that was kind of an inadvertent ability that it does. Because you can get on the uh, Facebook page from the mobile app, I should be able to get the live feed from Facebook on the mobile app. There should be a way where I, I, I can put it on there so that you guys don't have to tune in separately. You get, you get what I'm saying? So I'm going to see if there's a way uh, in the coming weeks. It, it probably won't be this this weekend, but in the coming weeks, I'm going to see if there's any way I can get those live Facebook Q&As onto the uh, mobile app itself. And, and, and if I do a live video on YouTube, it'll be on there as well since all the YouTube videos are on the app as well. So anytime the the podcast goes live 
or if there's any time there's a, a live Q&A or whatnot, that'll be on the mobile app as well. So uh, I'm looking at some uh, some different options as far as live streaming video to different platforms at the same time. There's, I know there's different platforms out there that can do that, but I'm looking in kind of my options and, and whatnot right now, trying to stream to everything at once. So if I can do these live Q&As and get them out to everything, they'll be on the mobile app as well. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And guys, I'm really, really excited about this mobile app. And I, I, like I said, I know I keep talking about it, but I, I, this is something that I think a lot of fans need. And even if you're not interested in the podcast itself or anything that has to do with the YouTube channel, even if you're not interested in all of that, which you're not going to hurt my feelings if you're not. I know there's only if I mean, there's not, not everybody likes listening to podcasts. But the rest of the mobile app, the timeline, the the purchase Canon tab, the community tab, all the, the upcoming Canon, all of those are still great tools for you, even if you don't want to listen to the podcast. Uh, so what I've been telling everybody, don't download it just because of, of the podcast being attached to it. Uh, and, and, and don't download it just because you can follow the podcast. Download it because you can use it. Download it because it's something that will help you keep up with Canon material. So that's that's basically all it is. And, and that's all I really wanted to say about it. So uh, tune in tomorrow night, 7 p.m. on the Facebook page. The link for that will be in the description of this podcast below. Uh, thank you guys and gals for tuning in this week. I sure appreciate it. If you're new to the podcast and you like what you hear, be sure to give me a follow on whatever app or site you're listening in on. Check out the YouTube channel for upcoming reviews, interviews, and reaction videos, as well as the Facebook page to stay up to date what's going on with the Star Wars Canon podcast and the Star Wars Canon library mobile app. Uh, be sure to check out the Patreon account as well if you'd like to help support the Canon podcast. If you'd like to get a question on the podcast, you can send it to me through the Star Wars Canon Library mobile app once that goes live. Star Wars Canon Podcast at gmail.com, or if you have the Anchor app, you can record a message and send it to me that way. All of those links can be found in the description of this video. Like I said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, and as always, may the Force be with you.